0: I am Doug Friedman
1: and I am Meredith Levy
0: and this is your mental breakdown
1: the podcast starring us
0: this thing that we do for you over here on this thing that you subscribe to and we appreciate you
1: yay you <laughs>
0: uh, oh wait not me you meant them yeah them you meant you, you plural uh, what about me you
1: all yeah you too
0: you were just about to give me appreciation for something. We're like, oh, wait, let's put this on the podcast. I so, know. Okay. okay. Now that I'm listening, go ahead and appreciate me and I will absorb it and take it in.
1: Okay, you all. I saw Dougie over the weekend. So excited. I haven't seen him in person in a while. And the reason I saw him was because <laughs> we went to our 30th high school reunion.
0: 30th? You mean, you mean 20th?
1: <laughs> no, I mean 30th, dork. You know how I am. Uh-huh. And I did not graduate from the high school. I went through- You did graduate? Not from the- Come on. Why are you such Was a you ding GD? dong? Shut up. Oh my God, I should never say shut up. I hate saying that. Doug, you went through 12th and graduated, and I went through 8th. <laughs> you left early. I left very early. Yeah,
0: you did, mid- you did middle school and then split.
1: I did 5th, 6th, 7th, and I left. However, it's a really, really small school, and I've you kind of- like I could probably name almost everyone in my grade. So it didn't feel odd. Ready, go. It didn't feel <laughs> odd to be going. And I don't go to things like that. I've never been to a reunion, not the re- high school I graduated from, but Doug, I committed to it. I committed to it like how long, like a month ago, three weeks ago. I said I would go. And I really wanted to follow through with that commitment. Although I didn't want to, I'm, pretty flaky (laughs) or non-committal when it comes to going to things. I just don't really commit or I'll be like, Oh yeah, maybe. And then I'll cancel the day before.
0: That's true. You, you will be non-committal. However, I will say when you give your word and when you do commit, you absolutely follow through. You are a woman of your word. When you give your word. Yes. If you don't give your word, forget it. You're you're the most unreliable non-committal person around.
1: (laughs) Non-committal. I am reliable. If you ever needed when you something, give your
0: word. Yes. If you ever absolutely. need something, oh, truly, yeah.
1: truly, I'm reliable. Oh, absolutely. I'll get you out of jail. However,
0: absolutely.
1: I went and <laughs> I said I was going to go, and I went like a big girl all by myself. I drove there by myself. I walked in by myself, even though Doug was supposed to meet me outside. And
0: I was right. I saw you walk in, and you made a beeline for the bar. (laughs) You made a beeline to the bar. I was like, Uh, "Oh, there you are!" Let me grab you. Like when you get your name tag, and you just you just took off.
1: Yeah, name tag was not worn. (laughs) I was like, "No way."
0: True to form, you're actually wearing a T-shirt right now that says tequila. Yeah, (laughs) I really am. Yep, that's yep, (laughs) yep.
1: But I had the best time, and I'm so glad I went. And I really do owe you, Doug, for encouraging me to go. Oh, I had so much fun.
0: Yeah, that was cool.
1: Yeah, it really
0: was. It was fun. It was fun. And seeing everybody, it was really weird because it was several classes. It was five different decades of class.
1: Right. They had
0: people from the 70s and the the aughts and the... What's the decade after the aughts? The, what's an aught? The tens. Aughts, zeros. So the aughts is like 01, 02, 03, 04, 05. It
1: was 2000 and 2001, 2010, 2011.
0: Right, so what do you call the tens? The tens? Do you call that decade the tens?
1: No, I call it 2010, 2011.
0: I get it. That's the year, but what do you call that whole decade?
1: Dude, I didn't even know what an ought was, so I don't know. Would you call the eighties
0: the eighties, the nineties the nineties? What comes after the nineties? That's the aughts.
1: I hear you, you. now.
0: Know that you yes. didn't know that before. I'm not going to say do you call it. The still, next one?
1: I don't know. It sounds weird. I'm not going to say it. the aughts. I'm going to say the two right, thousands. After that, I'm going to say. The 2010s? I don't know. I've never thought about it. Is there a word for it? Fact checker?
0: Well, for the zeros, it's aughts. For the tens, it's probably tens because the next one is 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, right?
1: I don't know because I- we
0: really don't think about this. 1910s?
1: What do you
0: think? What do you think about? W-
1: was it the 1910s?
0: I guess so. That's, that's what I'm asking you. It wasn't the aughts. <laughs> it was 1900s. Well, the 1900s, sure, but that could refer to anything in the 1900s. Nineteen twenty-seven okay. is still what the nineteen hundreds.
1: I'm you, looking you're it up now. fact checking as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I can't.
0: <laughs> One of these days, you're going to start to trust me.
1: I, you don't and have an answer. That's when I
0: take advantage of you.
1: But you don't have you don't have an answer
0: for what question?
1: What, what do you call the two, 2010s?
0: Right, I don't have an answer because that's the question I asked you. I think it's the tens, but I asked you.
1: I think it says it's called the twenty tens.
0: Okay, so it's the tens. Like 1913 would be in the, in the tens, in the 1910s.
1: Yeah. Okay. Here it says. The
0: way that we'd say the eighties, you don't say the eighties or the 1980s. You say the eighties.
1: Okay. It says creative names have been proposed for the years 2010 and 19. The tens works, but sounds like it's part of a math problem. The tenties is another option.
0: Lame. Lame. I'm going to call it the tentative decade. It's the tentative decade. It
1: says, if you have a dim view of the past two years, you can call it the tensions. If you look on the bright side, you could call it the wonders. The teens is promising.
0: No, because 1911 and 1912, those aren't teens.
1: The name that will probably win out is the 2010s. That's what I would call it. The 2010s. The 1910s, the 2010s. All right. Fucking we got that. Anyway, reunion (sighs) was great. And Doug is a stud. (laughs)
0: okay that was it was a fun weekend fun fun it was fun fun to see you in person it was it was a little weird to see so many people in one space outdoors mind you but still still a little bizarre yep and speaking of bizarre I think Drew's first line in his session was it's been a crazy week it was I love when clients start that way seems to happen a lot where a client, like even before you could go, how's it going? A client will just go, it's been a crazy week. Like, all right, here we go. Right.
1: It's actually funny. I get, I notice more when someone says it's been a crazy week because I don't hear it that often. Sometimes I'll just hear, I don't know, it's been boring or it's been the same or it's been a crazy, or they'll specifically just jump into a topic.
0: Right. But I do notice when people say that. Yeah. Well, y'all out there, grab a chair. Keep driving your car. Enjoy washing your dishes.
1: We'll be back shortly.
0: We will be back. It's It'll be a crazy half hour.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm an idiot. Okay, bye. <laughs> That's been a crazy
2: week. I don't know. I've been sitting around, you know, just spend some time and decompress a little bit, went to one of the malls and they were hiring. They had a hiring day that day. And I was like, okay, this. I love the way things work out. (laughs) And so I ended up just kind of like casually continuing the conversation. And that ended up to me having a uh, it's kind of like a Skype interview of sorts today. So I'm kind of gearing up for that and just kind of seeing where that goes. It's a designer spot. So it's exactly what I was doing up in Seattle. So it's kinda of like my bread and butter, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Super stoked for that. And so I'm still kind of going through it and figuring it out, taking it step by step. But uh right. it's exciting nonetheless. Like I'm stoked just to get that process kind of going again.
0: Yeah, sure. I think what we've talked about is when you're when you're busy, when you're active, you're doing better. You know, the last few weeks have been kind of down, kind of depressed. And it's when there isn't a lot going on or when there's too much going on, we can kind of hit that, right? And shut down. And what you're, right. what you're talking about now is I want to get into like some kind of routine, some kind of schedule, some something. And I love this for you. It doesn't have to be the job that I'm going to have forever or my career. It's just, I need to get something going right now. Right?
2: Right. Exactly. You know, I need something to pay the bills. And my other thought process through that is wanting to have a platform in that same scenario where I can continue to build clothes and, like, make the one-offs and do the fun stuff I'm doing. And I needed this dip Mm -hmm. to figure out how I'm going to bring this back up. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I still feel the way I felt last week, not as consistently. You know, instead of 24 hours, it's probably, like, 23 and a half. And it's a step in the right direction, which, you know, I mean, obviously you can see I feel right now a lot better. Mm-hmm. Today, actually, I woke up on the right side of the bed. You know, I made a cup of coffee, had some pancakes and kind of got my day started in the right way. And again, I mean, we talk about that all the time. Having my routine is really essential for me and, yep. and what that is. Yep. And so now that I'm more clear headed, looking back at the last 10 days and how I've kind of been and that mentality and, and what that looked like and what brought me there and what got me out of it. And everything in between. I think I'm in a really weird spot right now in my life because I am still really sad and I am still really not wanting to do anything. Black and white on paper, I understand what I need to do. It's just my emotions that are, I don't think either hindering me. I think I think I actually really enjoy my emotions, but I think, I think if I can get them a little bit more under control and I'll be a lot more consistent, which in turn will lead to a better routine, which will lead to a better ongoing this right now feeling
0: you said something i really like i want to i want to back up it's interesting to hear you say this in the midst of feeling depressed right and having been in this for several weeks now especially considering how you have been in the past with either smoke some weed or do something for others you said i'm enjoying my emotions all of them and you're nodding like yeah 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 the emotions you've been experiencing in the last few weeks have not been necessarily good or fun emotions, but yet you're you're embracing all of that as yeah this is what I'm feeling and this is this is my experience this is what it is. But you said I'm enjoying that. Break that down for me a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think you know I like learning in the process, mm-hmm. and I think I learned a really big lesson the last week, and I think that lesson was along the lines of. I think we hit on it last week where I, I kind of mentioned in, in junior high era of my life when I kind of allowed myself to be myself, quote unquote, and that didn't really get me anywhere. So I kind of put on this facade that people seem to really enjoy. And I think it really hit me this last week of what that was. I think I realized that I don't need the outside world knowing what that is. And not to say I'm trying to close up and handle it by myself and here we go, I'm all right. Because like I'm not. But I also know that there's like a... There's a couple people in my life, right, that I've been able to, to rely on in the sense of, like, not a codependent way and, like, am I okay? Tell me I'm okay. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a lot more of the getting down in the ditch and just kind of being there with me. Right. And I've had a couple scenarios where I have really asked for that and wanted it and needed it and didn't receive it and was still okay. And I think that that lesson, too, helped me a lot in this last week.
0: Describe how
2: you're okay with that. When I ask for that and I don't get it. I think it's along the lines of the 10% disappointment and the way I feel about it in the sense of I can control their response in the way I would want a hundred percent of the time. Great opportunity to bring a mom. Like I really needed mom and dad these last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, they obviously get a Polaroid and they don't get the full picture of what's going on. My mom texted me about something and I didn't really remember what it was. But but the essence of what the conversation was, was like, that's my mom and she doesn't even know me. And coming to the realization of like, well, who does know me then?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and then kind of looking internally and being like, well, do I know me? And the answer was like, a, it was a very hesitant yes, but it was a yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think all of that kind of allowed myself to let go of wanting and needing other people to be pillars in that mm. that place in my life.
0: Yeah, I like that. I want to build on this because what you're talking about is recognizing that that comes from me first, meaning you, not me. right? <laughs> yeah. but, but that is I mean, that's something too. a therapist is support that's there for you. Mm-hmm. I suspend all the other shit in my life to go, OK, I'm 100 percent here for you. Right. Parents don't do that <laughs> when we're younger. Hopefully they do. But it creates dependence, then codependence, then that's the way we only know how to relate to people, how to formulate relationships is based on that kind of (laughs) take and take. As we recognize, oh, wait, I'm, I'm getting a little older. Oh, they aren't just there for me unconditionally. They have their own conditions, their own movie, their own life that they're in. I'm the number one pillar. My parents... I've outgrown that dependence on them. I can have that safety net, but even then you've said, well, uh, I kind of needed them this past week and they weren't there, okay? And you talked about other people and I wanna, I wanna dig into the word other because it's, it's sort of like, okay, well, well what kind of people? And it's not just other people, it's there's certain people and it's, I think, a function of what is supportive for you who's in that ditch with you or who can recognize you're in that ditch. And that, the video that I sent you, right. That Brené Brown (laughs) clip, that animation, like, you know, I I think you texted back like spot on. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's okay. So what is the other, what does other mean when we talk about people? It's not just like, Oh yeah, I'm not getting it over there. That's okay. Well then maybe they're not people. They're not my people. They're other people. I, I don't know. You riff on this for me.
2: Yeah. I think I challenged myself a little bit this last week to not not depend on any specific group. It wasn't no specific person. Right. And that's kind of why I'm using the other terminology right now in this conversation. Because, again, I think it was a lot more of, of me hearing what I wanted to hear in other people. You catch my train of thought here. It's not... It wasn't like I needed my mom's reassurance that she's still my mom and she still loves me and that everything was gonna be okay and that's what made me okay. Right. And again, like all of this to say, I'm still like I'm still not okay. Like, I'm I'm I still wake up crying in the middle of the night and I right. still I'm still not there. Right. And I think within that, I've just realized that I'm a lot stronger than I think I was. I just haven't applied myself, and I think under that mentality of I've been hard on myself, and that's in turn just kind of led to a snowball effect of not doing anything. This week has been really hard, but I've been really real about what everything is and, and kind of transitioning into, into more of an adult mind frame. I've also understood the stresses that that's brought not only on me, but people around me. And now I can, I can kind of take a step back and see it a little more clear where I can go get a job that I really like. I'm really excited for the, the thought of being around people consistently and, and almost forcing myself to talk to them. And it really excites me.
0: Yeah, it's something uh, we said this, taking this version of Big Drew out for a spin. When we realize we've gone through a lot of emotional changes and sometimes mental changes, then reintroducing ourselves to the world around us, to our environment. In the 12-step programs, they call it a geographic where you just take yourself and put yourself in a different town, a different place. And you go, ah, there, this is the fresh start I needed. Nobody knows me, knows my past. I can just be who I am right now. This Polaroid that I'm showing you right now, this is who I am, right? And it's called a geographic because all of your shit follows you wherever you go. If you really are this Polaroid and this is what I want to present... Then you be that now and you take that out for a spin and you go, Hey, wow, this is how I am now. Made me flash on, <laughs> you know, buying the 10,000 followers on Instagram. Right. Just this past week, a colleague of mine, I see her on Instagram and she had like maybe one or 2000 followers. And then I see like, wow, she got 900 likes on, on that comment. That's weird. And then I look and like, oh, she's got 12,000 followers now. Right. Oh shit. Like, yeah. How did she jump 10 grand? Oh, okay. All right. She just bought 10 K. I don't know if those likes are bots or real people like whatever. Right. Yeah. Was there jealousy? Sure. But then there was, Mm -hmm. Oh, I know what that is. That's somebody who needs that validation. Right. Right. And you've been that guy and now there's a different you going out for a spin. The guy that's like, Mm -hmm. No, I I want the, you know, 600 followers that are actually following me, that actually care about. Me. And it's, it's looking at overall, this version of Big Drew that you're taking out for a spin. I know you're big on the things happening for a reason. Like, I like the idea of taking me out for a spin, trying this out, seeing how this feels. And I like all of my emotions right now. So however this mm-hmm. feels, cool. I'm in it. Yeah. Good or bad. Right. So there's something about you that, that I think is kind of going, <laughs> I like this Polaroid of me. I want to see how this Polaroid plays out there and not for how many likes am I getting? How many job offers am I getting? How many friends are there? How many girls are there? It's no, I, I just want to see how it feels for me to put this out there. And, and, and you said something that really struck me like, yeah, I want to just talk to people again right. as me.
2: hmm I think I'm stuck in between the two of wanting to do this for myself and relying on myself and being like, go to the gym, go to the grocery store, make your bed, do what you need to do and get out of the shit and go make it happen. And then the other half is kind of relying on on friends and family and community and people around me and finding the middle ground between the two. is kind of where I'm at and, and finding the balance and allowing me to say, yeah, I'm not doing very good. That's where I'm getting to. And the other interesting thing within all that was uh, my partner. I kind of hinted at a couple of things of like, I'm not doing very good. My mental health, like right now, just I'm not good. Right. And he ended up taking a trip to New York, not telling me. He basically gave another percentage to a partner without discussing with me first and doing all this shady shit over the last couple of days. Mm. This is like our third time of having these kind of conversations and you know, I love you, like I really do, and you're a brother to me. And I think we've had a really fun year, and and I've experienced a lot with you, and and learned a lot, and like this shit's cool. Like I'm, I'm still enjoying it, but for the way you operate, I just can't do it anymore. It's a lot bigger conversation than just kind of like, oh, that was good try, you know. And so, kind of having boundaries in that area, right? I still love him. I still want to be there and help him. I'm not. And I'm really not going to continue with the whole business side of things with our relationship. Right. And so we had a conversation yesterday, and he lied to me the entire time. So usually I'll be like, no, fuck you. This is what really is happening. And I know this because of this person. And, And I would tell everything. And I was like, yeah, man, like... I'm glad you had a good trip and, you know, I hope everything's good. I just mentally right now can't continue to do what we're doing. And and I just think it's a little bit too much stress and mm. I have no money incoming, you know, and that was kind of your role in all of this and you kind of let me down. And and this is just kind of what I have to do.
0: How was that to say that part right there?
2: The let me down?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I think now reflecting back on it. It feels good to be able to be open in a non, well, you let me down because this, this, and this. It was just like, yeah, man, you just kind of let me down.
0: Yeah, man, something I love about just this piece for you. It's really cool to see it because it's you allowing yourself to have these emotions and expressing them. And it's not the anxiety of like, I need them to understand this or I need to be right and justifying this or I need to show this. I need to do that. I mean, you're talking about somebody right. that lied to you and, and there's a theme, you know, trust is one of your, your big tenants that's important to you and it's been broken and you're not reactive girlfriend, girlfriend for one. All right. She outright lied to you in, in a really horrible way. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, Oh, I'll just forget about it and pretend it didn't happen and we're good. No, I'm <laughs> not your boyfriend anymore. Yeah. We can still have a friendship. And it's again about your boundaries, not rules. You didn't put a rule on girlfriend. Like, yeah, my boundary is I'm not going to be a a boyfriend to somebody that cheats on me and that lies to me. Not okay. Not even saying it to them and saying it to yourself. I'm not going to be in business with somebody that's lying that I rely on for money and isn't paying me.
2: I really like what you said too, is saying it to myself. Mm. Cause I think uh, even this morning I was like, damn, am I making a mistake? Like, is this the point where I'm going to look back in 25 years, where I should have just kept going and and been okay with it? And I think you're exactly right. You know, I, I gotta I gotta stay true to what my gut is telling me, and kind of where I want to be in life.
0: Integrity is a higher value than money. It's something where if you've ever been in a position to take more money and compromise your integrity, you know factually that that statement's true. Some people are drawn more toward money and their integrity goes down and down and down. And then they have to kind of work on it and rebuild it and find it and then do it. And a lot of people say, well, it's easier to have integrity when you have money. Like, no, it's actually not. You know, and you're shaking your head. It's a like, little harder. Yeah. yeah. It's a little harder, especially because you get lured by what the money can do and you will compromise your integrity a lot. The thing with coworker, looking back on 20 years financially, maybe it will have been a mistake, maybe. As far as your integrity goes, I think it's a real turning point for, right, this is not how I do business. Look at that. I had a boundary around my integrity and this is how I'm doing it.
2: I think you're right that integrity-wise, I, I feel really good about the way this last year has been, honestly, as far as integrity and, and where I've been, and kind of how I've handled a lot of situations. And, mm. and I think it's getting a lot stronger. Yeah. Which is cool. I think that's super dope for me, for sure. Because I think it's allowing me now to get excited for something like workplace. To exactly your point of of seeing seeing where I'm at and taking it for a test run and and kind of what that looks like now. I'm so excited for what's ahead, and and you know I said it last week there wasn't much hope, and and I think there is. Mm-hmm. I think right now as I sit there is some hope there, and and that's great. And I still feel like shit. And I still don't want to go out of the house. And I want to cry really bad right now. And, you know, and all of those emotions are still all right there. And so it's just, like, uh, weird. I feel like I'm like, a tornado of fucking emotions right now. Yeah. But very medium. Like, it's not, like, highs and lows of tornadoes. It's, like, I'm okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Pause for a second. Take a breath. I'm going to slow my speech down. I'm going to talk for a second. And we're just going to chill for a minute without, without a deep inhale of weed. We're just going to deep inhale oxygen and take a moment (laughs) and recognize that a lot of what you're talking about is that kind of that tornado feeling is that storm going on. And what you're doing beautifully is I'm not being reactive to every little thing that comes my way. Here's this conflict let me let me face it head on or let me run from like it's okay, it almost can just pass over there's a a saying Buddhist saying being the the reed in the wind, and it's just letting the wind blow on you and not necessarily push you around, but just not fighting it, just going with it, and knowing like okay, and there are these meditations that are wonderful where you kind of sit there and breathe and picture like all the issues and all the problems that you have and just let them just glide by like the wind in your hair there's so much to feel when i'm actually feeling some of it good some of it bad some of it's not about good or bad it just is and feelings have names yeah and how do you feel good how do you feel bad like those aren't feelings <laughs> you know yeah. how do you feel i feel excited anxious betrayed confused frustrated you have a lot of those things going on what you're doing? That's different than how you've been, that's the new Polaroid of you, is I'm not being reactive to every gust of wind. From that place, you can take action like, and you can get excited. Like, yeah, and this gig, and that might be cool. Awesome. I'm going to pursue this. I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket, but I'll pursue that and and see what that looks like. I'm not doing that as a reaction to anything. There's less reactivity, there's more emotion, and it is still
2: a lot. Yeah. I've been very mindful about is mm. is the difference between my facade putting a face on mm-hmm. and my I have boundaries of what I really want people to know that's going on face that I put on. And so I'm trying to also balance, I don't like hanging out with people that are just gonna sit and cry for three hours. Like I don't like, I'll do it and I'll sit there and like, we'll get through it. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the next time you call me the next day, I might hesitate to pick up the phone. And so I'm also trying to be mindful of, I still want to be able to be myself vulnerably Mm -hmm. in front of people Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and be honest about what's going on Mm -hmm. and not have to share everything, which has been a very interesting kind of thing for me because like the shit I think about is super dark and it's not, you can't just like lay it out there and be like, this is what's on my mind. Right. You know? And like, I found that it's really, it's hard for me right now. Cause I understand it and I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how to be authentic in it yet yeah without feeling like I'm just laughing and smiling and
0: ha-ha-ha. going through the motions and putting on that front. Yeah. We've talked about it like uh, sort of the, the T-Mobile inner, inner circle, like who are your, yeah. your, yeah. your friends in that ring? we have talked about the rings of friends, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're balancing that with you don't have to tell somebody the whole story and like being authentic and doing that with people. Well, people are not in any of your rings, maybe in the, the outermost ring, there's people, but anybody within that has a name people aren't individuals. What you're talking about is how am I going to be with individuals? Because you don't live on social media. So it's not like, Hey, everybody to all my followers, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling down today. I'm feeling depressed. And here's why. And I'm just going to sit at home and cry. Yeah. That's not your thing. Right. Right. And you're right. Doing that to all of your actual friends that each have names might might not burn them mm-hmm. out. They don't want to be with me for three hours while I cry the whole time. They don't want to be in the ditch every time they see me because then they're in the ditch too. Okay. Right. But I don't have to pretend not to be in the ditch. I mean, being honest with enough people, I think you have yeah. enough people that you can do that with and some that you can't, and they're just not that inner circle. They're not that inner ring.
2: Yeah, and, and I, think, I think as I'm experiencing that for myself right now, it hurts that my parents aren't in that inner circle and understanding mm. understanding that for myself sucks mm-hmm. and wanting to change that but not being able to sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any family in my inner circle. And so a lot of the relationships that are in my inner circle right now are all relatively new relationships. And so I struggle with that very much so in being able to be vulnerable and open and honest in these, in these scenarios. Cause I mean, I, I tried it the other day with my dad. And that's why I'm thinking like this. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm just like really not doing very good. He's like, yeah, man, like we all kind of struggle with anxiety in the family. And I was like, yeah, but like, I'm like really like right now, like I'm really not doing good. He's like, yeah, no, keep me updated. I was like, I will. And I, I don't blame him. Like I'm not, I'm not like dad why aren't you the perfect dad that's going to be emotional with me and sit and cry and, and call me I'm not looking for that but I am looking for if he's going to tell me one thing to to do that you know he hasn't called me one Saturday yet mm-hmm. and and I think I think I told you it was a month and a half ago when he was like yeah let's start doing Saturday phone calls yeah. and, and I've been every Saturday I'm waiting you know and now I feel like the kid that like is waiting for his dad, you know, and, and I think that's a weird feeling for me, too, because I do have such a tight family when it comes down to it.
0: Well, and, and I think your sense of family is strong. It's partly what drove you to be at the wedding. Your whole process of walking through that was because family means something to me. I would say your sense of family, not your actual family, but sense of family is more on display this past weekend. This is how I am. And with your actual family, I mean, look, if a brother calls you, you're not going to be like, yeah, I've been depressed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so family doesn't necessarily mean our innermost for that reason, but it's been that for a long time for you with parents. It's been safety and danger for you. It's mixed. And that's family gets to be all of that because they're always going to be family. Friends are not always going to be friends. Spin it this way for a second. Something about your relationship with your therapist, where you are at your innermost, you are at your most vulnerable. He only talks to me once a week for an hour, right? But the depth of that and part of what the relationship is, is like, I mean, it's different. Your your therapist is not your friend and your friends are not your therapist. But the idea of how you are and how we relate to each other, how we listen, how you listen, how you share, that's a level of like vulnerability that I really, yeah, this is how I want to be. We're not going to make everybody out there your therapist. And let me just talk like that. Your friends are going to want that reciprocity.
2: I tried it. No, it doesn't work. No, right. Trust it me, doesn't, it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> right. It doesn't work to get that or to be that for somebody.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no.
0: No, I think for you, it's it's recognizing, yeah, I have a level of integrity and authenticity and vulnerability, and I don't have to have that all the time, but I don't have to put on the front. I think navigating that for you. From this place of being that reed in the wind of like, yes, there's all these emotions that are coming and I don't really know where I'm going or what I'm doing. And maybe there's not a whole lot of stability around me, but maybe I am more stable than I realize because being that reed in the wind that just kind of blows around, it's rooted in the ground. It's there, solid. So, yeah, you can blow around and you know you're there. Yeah. Let me think of that.
2: I think that I was the exact opposite of that relatively most of my life mm-hmm. I was trying to make everything around me stable yeah and <laughs> and I was and I was like a liquid you know I was I not even a plan I was like some water out there yeah
0: I was gonna say your roots were just kind of dangling out there but yeah, <laughs> yeah I wasn't even like I didn't take shape I didn't take form. I didn't know shit right yeah yeah absolutely and this polaroid of you this drew we can take out for a spin is one that has its roots Right. I saw your roots very, very early on. I yeah. don't know that you had a sense of them or that you realized that, wow, they really are firmly planted in the ground. You have a sense of your values, your morals. Right. And right. you weren't in touch with that. And that wasn't rooted enough right. because you were with people and you were doing things that were like, uh, it was like you said, everything else externally, that's what was solid, even though I wasn't at the root.
2: Yeah, I think I'm starting to understand all of that more and more as the, day goes, the days go on. I think instead of hoping for things, jobs, experiences, that kind of thing, I'm really mindful of, of living for experiences right now and mm. good and bad mm-hmm. and learning from them mm-hmm. and, and just kind of experiencing what that is for a little bit and kind of seeing where that goes.
0: Yeah, I love it. You're doing you. You're doing you with with, I think some pretty solid roots even though you don't feel solid all the time that's the roots in there are solid even though up here might just be blowing around yeah yeah getting there well you, you are there you might yeah. firm up <laughs> and not be that right you might be a fucking strong oak tree at some point or one of those washington state whatever spruce or evergreens an evergreen. baby right. it's the evergreen state right <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. and we're back.
1: We are. And it sounds like a lot for Drew. He's going through a lot still. And that's, I think we all will go through a lot for the rest of our lives. There'll just be ups and downs. And he even mentioned at some point that his tornado has been yeah. more flat than crazy, even though it's still a tornado. So,
0: Yeah, I loved him him using the tornado thing. And part of that idea of It's been a crazy week, all these emotions and all these things going on and everything happening. Right. I think a big function of that is because he's allowing that in and he's feeling it and being Mm -hmm. present for it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: If you're just smoking weed or numb or just continuing to work or do whatever you do, you keep going, keep going, keep going, which was his MO for a long time. Right. You don't realize all the stuff that you go through. Right. You just go through it. So he's feeling it now. And it's, it's something he said early on, like I'm enjoying my emotions, all of them. Like that was, I I like that. That was really cool.
1: Right. Yeah. I love that too. I think him saying that, okay, well now I'm like, should I just get into the, the whole content of it? Or do I need to start from the beginning and go like in a linear fashion? I mean, now I'm just confused. (laughs) So let's just,
0: Wow. You're questioning how you break down. I know. Right, we're, we're, we are we are witnessing you breaking down about how you break down. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. well, I did have a couple of questions. So first of all, yeah. it's funny. He said something about going to the mall and I find that right. people who didn't grow up in LA use the term mall more. As opposed to here, I think we will say, "Oh, we're going to Century City." Oh, we're going to the Grove, or like we don't have malls really.
0: Sure. Well, we do, but mall. I think mall can also mean like, for example, the Third Street Promenade. We would call that the Promenade. Some people might call that the Mall. Oh, actually, really? Or like a collection of of stores or an outlet center. Some people would call that a mall, even though it's just a bunch of stores together in one place. Yeah. I think we have geographic names for it. Yeah. Or other. Other people might call it a mall. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've told you this. What I thought was hilarious was when I was visiting DC for one of the first times as a young adult, uh, before I lived there, somebody was like, Yeah, well, let's let's I think today we'll go check out the mall. It's like, great. And they were like, Do you want to get some food? It's like, well, we can get some something at the mall. I'm sure there's a food court. And they looked at me like, Do you know what the mall is? I'm like, yeah, I grew up in LA. I go to malls all the time. They're like, no, Like the no, mall the DC of like mall.
1: Yeah. With all the
0: it's the memorials outdoor area where, like, yeah. all the memorials and yeah. the statues and the, these yeah, things. Yeah. Are, right, I had no idea. I thought they That's meant hilarious. like the mall. Where the top level is the food court. Yeah, right. of course. And we did we did cut a bit uh, here because he was talking about being at the mall and the actual company and, and what it was. But he went to this mall and just randomly, wound up yeah, randomly like seeing this place and getting an interview. And it was it seems like it's a a, a nice switch for him to have the stability of a regular gig.
1: Is it like a like a Louis Vuitton Gucci type place? Is that why he was like its designer? Is it like a like a place that he would want to work to work up in the world of high end fashion?
0: No, it's okay. more like a a Macy's Nordstrom.
1: Oh, like, so he would like be
0: department store.
1: But he would be doing just sale, retail sales there.
0: I don't know that he's doing just sales because he's okay. also doing design work. Like he used to do design work right. where a lot of times those department stores will have people find what's new and trendy and then create their own brand of it or figure out what they want to bring into the store. Yeah, trend forecast. So it's more that yeah. stuff than straight retail, but it okay. probably does some of that too.
1: Okay. I was just curious. So yeah, you guys talked about sort of having that, some of that structure or just at least like being busy and active helps right. and right. also like not doing too much. And I think when he said, you know, I'm such a harm reduction proponent and that can mean so many things. But when he said, Yeah, I've been really down and depressed still the last few weeks, but instead of twenty four hours a day, now it's twenty three point five. And I was like, Fuck yeah, I right, recognize right, that improvement. Right, yep. Like I love that. Anything counts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to lean into that because he's and he says it this session, last session, probably the next session. Yeah, things things are going better. I still feel depressed. Mm-hmm. overall, I'm still depressed. And it's sort of like, he had been saying it's there all of the time and I'm still doing other stuff. Yeah. This is the first time when he was like, yeah, it's probably 23 and a half hours of the day. Like,
1: yeah. He was awesome, good with like you the, said, Mary. like, yeah, the, and Yep. there was one point where I do this too. Sometimes I just say like, I don't need to point this out all the time. You said something about good or fun emotions. And I was like, Doug, we all know there are no good or bad emotions. However, I was like, I understand what you're saying. And I didn't need to be called out because you right. also said fun emotions. And like, do I concur that feeling depressed or in sadness or pain is not necessarily fun? Of course. Yes, I do get that. So I just wanted to <laughs> say it and then also totally acknowledge that that's doesn't always yeah. have to be. Uh, yeah,
0: right. Absolutely. You could bust me on that. You have before. And for, for what I was trying to highlight to him, it was him saying, and I even said back to him, like enjoying all of your emotions, all of them. And And that's what he
1: said. I loved it. He said he was enjoying learning the process regardless of the emotion. So I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Like you can actually enjoy feeling emotions regardless of what the emotion is.
0: Right, it doesn't have to be something wonderful and and then feeling guilty for that or you know not being able to take a compliment. It's well, let me just feel this right, or the like down in the ditch kind of depressed feeling, like yeah, yep, you can feel that too, yeah, and it's I, I love that he's starting to see that it's it's having all of the experiences, not just these over here and those over here, and let me numb out for the rest of it,
1: yeah something else you said, which I really loved and then questioned and then didn't. And you said something about, <laughs> yeah. well, you guys were talking about his mom, not knowing him and does she even know him? And yeah, and then yeah. you said, well, as therapists, we suspend all of our other shit in our lives to say like, okay, here I am for you only. And you're totally right for that hour. Well, most people do 50 minutes. Right. I usually do an hour cause I can't help it, but sometimes it's 50, <laughs> right. but it's true. I think like, and it's not just in those moments. I think it's also when we are thinking about you or talking to you with you or working on things or processing our own stuff. Like, yeah, it really is. A lot of clients are like, you don't actually have other clients, do you? And I'm like, of course not. You're the only one. (laughs) Right. Cause it is hard to wrap. It's hard for me to wrap my head around when I'm engaged with a client. I don't really think about anything else while I'm in that session with them. And they are my only client in that moment in my head. Right. That's it. Right. And so you saying that I liked. Thank
0: you. And it doesn't mean we're not thinking about other things. We are, They, they could float in our head. That's okay. I think what I was highlighting for him as we were talking about mom, that idea going to the analogy that he loves of everybody's the lead actor in their own movie. When he's talking with me, we are watching his movie. It is absolutely his movie. I am observing his movie. I'm 100% here yeah. for his movie. Yep. In contrast to when you're talking to your parents, they are not anymore 100% in your movie. When you were a little child- When you were a little bit, you yeah. you needed to be taken care of, yes. Yeah. And you were a dependent, yes. As I said, it creates dependence, then codependence. If we still want that, if we still like look for that, it's right. a function of we haven't built our own independence. We have that, wait, I need somebody to be here 100% in my movie. They can't have their movie at all. Right. And I'm not talking about if you go out to dinner with somebody and they're on their phone, you're like, oh, can you put your phone down and just be here? Like- that's okay. That's normal.
1: Right. But that
0: idea that somebody can 100% suspend anything else and just be here for you, that doesn't happen right. in real life. Right. We do that as therapists for them. And that's what I was highlighting because it was him realizing, oh, his mom isn't really there for me. And she, yeah, I don't come first anymore. And huh, she doesn't really know me. And I, I love that, that that he kind of went, do I know me?
1: Right. Yep, totally.
0: Yeah. I loved using the, the he, he loves the, the Polaroid, like this Polaroid, that yeah. Polaroid. Yeah. What I think is really cool, and it hit me later, I didn't use this with him in the session, but that idea of knowing yourself, it's sort of like when you snap a Polaroid, if you immediately look at it, for those of you that remember Polaroid cameras, which were awesome, like you, you do the click and then it comes right out, not digital, it, like the actual picture comes out, but you have to kind of shake it up, or you know, or wait for it, and then right. it comes into focus. Right. right? It doesn't instantly, you know, show you a, a wonderfully focused shot. Right. So to me, he is in the process of he has a snapshot of himself, but it's not in full focus yet. You know, it's that Polaroid that's just coming into focus, and that's what he's doing. Right. By virtue of going, wait, I'm starting to be myself. I'm starting to know myself. You know. And that's, it's, it's a cool process and he's, he's there for it right now.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the things he said that resonated with me for a lot of my clients is he said, I'm feeling, I'm still not okay. I wake up in the middle of the night crying. Like I'm, I am a lot stronger, but I still haven't applied myself. And I think that really resonates Mm, with me mm. for some of my clients. It's this dialectic, like, I am doing the best I can and I can always do better. So both are true. Yeah. And at some yeah. point I just say, Hey, like, I know you're still really depressed. You've made such progress and get the fuck up and go do X, Y, Z, because at the end of the day, that's all, all you can do is put one foot in front of the other. Right. Right. And at the same time, like, sure. I get it. You are doing the best you can right now by not getting out of bed or by choosing not to do something. But it is a choice at the end of the day, even though it may not feel like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the, it comes back to him being in the process and owning this is what I'm feeling and allowing himself to feel that. And it's, it's having the emotions, right? And like he said, I could cry. And when he said that to me, it had me going okay wait he's talking about something emotional i don't want to just keep going what's happening right here right he's talking about feeling overwhelmed with emotion it wasn't about let's go into the one emotion making you cry and really explore that well how do you feel right now how do you do that i was getting the sense of of the tornado like there's this overwhelming tornado of emotion and what yeah. we can do right now is pause, and I even said, like, I'm going to slow down. Like, let's pause. Yeah. And it's it's that idea of there's a meditation or Buddhist thing about being the reed in the wind. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that single strand of grass or or wheat or whatever it is that's blowing in the wind and it's just blowing by, and and you can let things glide past. And I loved talking about this with him because the, the sense that I got is he's allowing himself to feel some of these things, but it's all at once, it's too much. And it used to be, it would knock him over.
1: Right. And now his reactions are a lot less.
0: Yeah. He's not reacting to every little gust of wind. He's letting it kind of blow around and he's letting himself blow around. And I like the idea, you know, me and my analogies of, or I guess this is more metaphor. He is the reed in the wind on the top blowing around, but his roots are strong and down in the ground. If you can be centered and grounded and know who you are and how you are, then you could let yourself blow around in the wind. You could let those emotions go through because they're not defining you. You're not reacting to every little one. You are strongly rooted in yourself.
1: Yeah, and I I think that came up right when he brought up the friend he's having issues with and wanting to set boundaries and that in that moment, he didn't call him out on anything. He just communicated effectively, much less reactive, was just like, all right, bro. Like instead of being like, what the fuck? And you did this and that and whatever. He just was like, all right, like right. this just isn't working for me and whatever.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's really cool to see that growth in him because it's it's his boundaries, his integrity. And way back, Meredith, you busting me on saying good, or whether it's good emotions or you know, I would say your integrity is good. It's good, meaning for him. And I would say right now, he's having good boundaries. It's not good as in good or bad. It's good as in, oh, he's staying true to his gut. Like he's realizing this business partner that straight up lied to him, I'm done. The girlfriend or mom, like any of these things that are in conflict with who and how he wants to be, he's like, yeah, I'm not cool with that. I have my boundaries right now. I I can stay true to that.
1: Oh, though you did say.
0: Yes. Uh-oh. that
1: integrity is a higher value than money not for everybody
0: not no not for everybody that's right okay. that's right for him yes. i think and that's, yeah. that's there's something about i've i've read articles in business where companies that had the option of offering their employees more money Or more acknowledgement, appreciation, you know, doing something to really value them as humans Mm -hmm. versus just giving them more money. Mm -hmm. They actually chose being valued as humans. Yeah. So they did choose integrity over the finance.
1: Totally. And it's definitely possible.
0: Right. Not me. I'd take the money.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would take all the money. (laughs) And then there was one part where he said... I have more hope, and I still feel like shit, and I don't want to go to the house, and I want to cry right now. I think that's when he talked about right. the tornado of emotions,
0: right? But totally.
1: he talked about being mindful, which I really liked.
0: Yeah, it's creeping in, right? It sure is, right? And it, it's so I mean, a lot of the things that we've established along the way, like even talking about the inner circle, like the the T-Mobile inner inner five friends or whatever it is. He's going like, right? I want to establish those people and it's about the i think i said that the the 600 followers you have on instagram not the 12,000 followers yeah. like who are the ones that that really matter who's in your who's in your core who's really there right and he's really doing something cool with like i i want it to be about you know who are the people that that get me that have that vulnerability that depth to them right those are the ones that matter that's how i feel like me i want that around me not just like externally these thousands of people that like what I do and, and, and I'm good for them. Cause then you have to keep that up versus just being yourself.
1: Yeah. I thought he was doing amazing. I mean, and again, it's, you know, I'm sorry for him that he's like feeling down and shitty and also the way he can express it and talk about it and deal with it or is awesome.
0: Yeah. Turning around to him and kind of going like, yeah, this the depth of conversation, the vulnerability that you value so much. I mean, I get to see that with him every week. Yeah. You guys get to hear that and it's I threw, you know, a line that you liked many a long time ago. I think you threw it at me many many years ago. Your therapist is not your friend and your friends are not your therapist. Yep. It's a very different kind of relationship where it is I'm jumping into his movie. It is all about him and we have that vulnerability and depth to begin with. Right. And that, I think you guys have all been able to hear Drew really coming into himself and his own. He's still doing it. Yeah. And still discovering that. But man, I, I mean, it's sort of like we're all hearing him emotionally, mentally grow, grow up before our eyes and ears. And it's, to me, really solid. I think he realized I wanted to make everything around me solid and stable, but then I wasn't. Right. So... I needed to be solid. And that that's where we ended the session. Like, yeah, that's the roots in the ground. That's being you solid, knowing who you are. Right. And <laughs> I fucking loved how he tagged the very end of the session. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that that's, you're not just a reed in the wind. You got solid roots. And he's like, evergreen, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was amazing. Right. That's yeah, he's yeah. good. Good stuff. I'm I'm excited to 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 see what comes next.
0: Well, stick around, and you probably will. That sounds good. Okay. Oh, oh, you oh, you want a cliffhanger? Yeah. Okay. You know, here's here's the cliffhanger. Well, you got to listen next week because next week there's going to be a cliffhanger.
1: You're such an a-hole. Really? No. I mean, wasn't that that wasn't a,
0: no no? <sighs> there is the cliffhanger this week, but next week the that's fine. <sighs> Oh well, on that note, bye! bye.